It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. All right. We've done all of the breakdowns. We've done all of the analysis. It is time. It's time to go on record for how we think this series will shake out. The Knicks have not won a playoff series in 2020, since 2013. That's when Carmelo Anthony led the Knicks past the Boston Celtics in game six. So I'll ask this question first, Tommy. The Knicks will win this series if what happens? Yeah, I'm going to go with my um, end. I think we know what we're going to get from 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 Brunson and Hart and, and IQ and Grimes to to a lesser extent. Um, and, and Randall's obviously still question mark, but assuming he plays, we know what he can bring to the table. Um, I think that they need RJ Factor, uh, RJ Barrett, to be the X factor and positively tip the scales of, of balance. Two reasons I, I say that um, defensively, Knicks are going to try to hide Brunson on Isaac Okoro, as we talked about. Um, this gives uh, Brunson a little bit of uh, an opportunity to help off drivers and maybe draw some offensive fouls, keep him, but also keep him out of foul trouble. Um, and he's just not as talented a defender. He's the weakest defender of the Knicks starting five. So you put him on the guy that Cleveland's going to stick in the corner. Um, that means that Barrett's going to have to switch uh, on to most likely Darius Garland, the, the primary. Yes. Defense. We know how good we know how good of a player um, Garland is. You know, obviously Mitchell gets most of the highlights, but but you know Garland is one of the up and coming guards in the NBA. Um, made an All Star team, age twenty three. Um, one of the the only player in the league um, with twenty plus points, uh, seven assists, and shooting over forty percent from three point land. Um, he can he he's a, he's a problem, especially when he gets yeah. going. So so RJ is going to need. To um, play the best, you know, and we've we've knocked RJ for for his um, inconsistent defensive approach throughout the season. Um, they need him locked in on, on the defensive end, just as importantly on the offensive end. When the Knicks have the ball, Coro's going to be guarding um, Jalen Brunson, which means a cross match is going to be either Mitchell or Garland on RJ Barrett. Um, RJ Barrett has been ice cold from three from three point territory, shooting twenty two percent of the last. Team games, um, you know, confidence is really at an all-time low. But he's done a better job of driving to the basket, getting into the paint, creating scoring opportunities for himself and his others. Cavs are going to dare him to shoot the threes. Does he take the, you know, the, the first couple threes he gets if he misses them? Does he continue to chuck them up, or does he use that space to kind of use it as a runway to get into the paint and and create scoring opportunities? Also, I'll be interested to see if they feed RJ in the low post. We've seen him be effective yeah. with his back to the basket at times this season. Um, Ideally, what you want Barrett to do, if he makes the threes, that's great. I don't want him taking too many. I want him getting to the basket and putting pressure on the defense, having those bigs, you know, uh, you know, 
drawing internally. He can kick it out to Brunson. He can kick it out to, to Grimes. Um, we know about his trigger. Um, but just as importantly, try to draw some fouls on who's ever guarding, be it Mitchell, uh, be it if it's Darius Garland. Get him the ball. And again, as we and, and we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about, if you get Darius Garland out of the game, now Ricky Rubio comes in. Um, and, and he's been awful offensively. Um, solid you know, veteran. You know, he's not going to turn the ball oh, yeah, over he, a ton. He's killed the Knicks in, 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 in his career. So we know he's he's can, some, he can be dangerous. He's had some big spots against the Knicks, but he shouldn't suddenly yeah. pretend. You know, again, he's just, you know, he made a season debut a few months ago, working his way back from a torn ACL. Um, yep. You know, shooting sub sub 30%, uh, 40% from the floor, sub 30% from, from the downtown, 20%, I believe, um, uh, uh, over the last two months with Cleveland. So you're going to dare, you know, if he, again, if he beats you, he beats you. Um, but it, it, either way, you, you, you'll you happily trade. Um, uh, you you want to see Garland go off the floor and Ricky Rubio come in. Um, if you know if, if Mitchell gets in foul trouble, Levert, you know, obviously Levert's gonna be the other guy too. Um, but he can't play the, the full 40 minutes. And so those kind of things that I think RJ can really impact the game on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, he's had a disappointing season. There's some talk that he will likely be on the clock because he's not a great fit uh in between, you know, Brunson and Randall. And you know, you know, what's his future? Um, it's it's you know, we'll see how it goes. All that being said, he can f- completely flip the script and rewrite his 2022-2023 season story. You know, that, that that's kind of where I land on 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 just R.J. Barrett being, you know, an essential cop uh, on both ends of the floor. Um, again, they don't need him to be perfect. They don't need him to average 35 on 50% shooting. They just need him to contribute consistently on both ends of the floor. Um, four games. They need four good games. They don't need, you know, seven consecutive good games. They need him to be better more often than not, because if he does that, um, he puts pressure on tabs defensively and makes the, the, everyone's job easier offensively. And that can kind of swing the balance of power in the series, I think. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we did our uh, mailbag episode and we got a question from CP the franchise of all people on uh from Knicks fan TV, and he asked, you know, who's the X factor for the Knicks coming this playoff time? This was we probably did that. In fact, we didn't run also breaks. It was February, and I said RJ Barrett. Um, I think that for the Knicks to go far, the Knicks are going to need a real third scorer. And now, look, Emmanuel quickly has played so great. Like maybe he's that guy, but especially in the starting lineup, I, I think that they're going to need someone else to to provide some real offense. And RJ is the guy with the highest ceiling of, of the guys in the starting lineup. It's not to say Quentin Grimes can't have big games. We know he can, but we know RJ can take over games offensively when he's playing the right way. So uh, it's going to be important for him, I think, not to have uh, his mind made up when he goes to the basket. He needs to be aggressive. He needs to have a plan because those are two twin towers up there. And you can't just say, I can just go out there and kind of just throw up any shot and think that, you know, that's going to work out for him. Like, he's got to go out there with a plan saying, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to show the ball, and if they're up there, then I'm going to dish it off the Mitch. I'm going to go hard to the basket, roll right through their chest, and draw a foul. What we don't want to see is RJ kind of floating in there, throwing up, you know, left-handed, right-handed crap, um, and, and shots that have no chance of going in. If he goes in aggressive, hard, and with a plan in mind, I think that he could have a good series because I, I agree. I think the matchups – are going to be extremely favorable for him offensively. So he has to have a big series. For me, 
the Knicks will win this series if the bench dominates the Cavs bench. In many ways, RJ is a big thing, but I really think that that may be where the series won for the Knicks. Because when I look at this matchup, I think the Knicks will have to kind of play even with the stars or close to even as they can. The Knicks' big advantage to me is that they have a much better bench than the Cavs bench. So much so that I think that J.D. Bickerstaff may end up playing a lot of his starters north of 40 minutes. But in that time when the Knicks bench gets that Cavs bench one-on-one, solo dolo, they got to they gotta destroy them. They, they have to dominate that matchup. The Knicks have a really solid four- to five-man man lineup back there, if you include a McBride that has played really great since the Josh Hart trade. They got to dominate those minutes. Um, you know, they're Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, uh, Jetty Osman. Like these, these are guys are not guys that should be able to outplay uh, quickly and top in and uh, Josh Hart and Isaiah Hardenstein. Like the Knicks are going to need their bench to play the way they've played all season. In that Hawks series, one of the problems was besides really the first two games, the Knicks bench never really got going. And that was what they, one of their big advantages in that season was that the Knicks had this great bench. The Hawks bench outplayed the Knicks badly in the last three games, and that's why the Knicks were, were so dominated in those games. This cannot happen this time around. The Knicks bench is going to have to show up big. I think that they will, but I think that that is going to be a, a big part in this series uh, if the Knicks bench shows up. I totally agree. That was actually my second kind of uh, deciding factor was the bench and point. The Knicks bench second unit can't just outplay the Cavs. They need to thoroughly dominate the start of the second quarter, that first six minutes of the second quarter, that first six minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, not by a couple points, not hang close. Um, you know, Josh Hart, you know, they have the sixth man of the year in a man who quickly. Josh Hart's, you know, a uh, starter on, on half the other teams in the NBA. Isaiah Hartenstein has played at an incredibly high level on both ends of the floor for the past two months. Um, can they get some dunks for Obi Toppin in transition? Easy baskets, um, because this it's going to be a slog to score against this this Cavs team. They make it up, and they're going to make it difficult for you. Can they, can, can we know Josh Hart is going to grab some uh, defensive rebounds and push the ball up the floor in transition? Is he going to find RJ back on the rim? And again, that's RJ Barrett time too. You know, he's usually the yeah own starter that plays with those other four um, second unit guys. Does Deuce McBride, you know, make an impact defensively? Um, those are things um, that the Knicks are going to need to do in order to win this game and the series. Let's talk about the worst case scenario here. Knicks will lose this series if what happens? If they if they play to the way the Cavs want to play, um, Cavs hold the uh, when the Cavs hold opponents under 100 points this season, they're 23 and one. Um, they they 20 just the fact that they held a, a an opponent under 100 points 24 times this season is remarkable. And, and as we know in today's NBA, no other team in the NBA had more than 16 such games. The Celtics held an opponent under uh, 100 points 16 times. They were second in the league. Cavs number one at uh, 24 times and 23 in one of those contests, as you might expect. Um, so if they can slow the pace down, um, you know, have the Knicks, you know, struggled befuddled, uh, you know, the uh, on the offensive end. Um, that's obviously where, you know, where they, they, they make their bread and, and why they've been one of the best teams in the league. And then ultimately, I think it's going to come down to the final five minutes. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson has been the Knicks best free agent signing in, in two decades plus, arguably in the, in the history of the franchise, um, because of how well he's played this, this during the regular season. If he wants to elevate his status even higher and have a statue built of this man, 
Um, he needs to continue that uh, in the postseason because we've seen all the great players of the Knicks past. Uh, yes, the regular season numbers are cool, um, but Patrick Ewing is a hero and a legend because of how well he played against the Heat and the Pacers um, and, 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 you know, in, 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 in his postseason appearances. You're wearing a Clyde jersey for 36, yes, 17, and 9. Um, we know about Willis Reed. We know about the legendary Knicks players. And, and obviously, Jalen Brunson is nowhere near those guys. Um, but if he wants to kind of elevate his status um, to that higher level and, and, and you know, because that's kind of, you know, what's going to be the, the separating factor, obviously. Um, he has an opportunity to do so, and he's going to have an opportunity to do so with the game on the line. Um, we know Randall struggles in the final five minutes. Um, you know, historically through his career, he did not play well in the postseason. Um, you know, we don't you – know, IQ hopefully will knock down some shots. Grimes been hit or miss. Um, you know what Josh Hart is going to be – there's going to be possessions when it's a one possession game, two possession game, one way or the other, where the Knicks need a bucket, and it's going to be, and they're going to ask Jalen Brunson to do it. Um, and you know he's he's done it so far this season, one of the best clutch clutch players in the league. Um, uh, but now you know the things get ratcheted up. We've seen him do it in the postseason. You know, 11 months ago, 12 months ago, last April, um, when he sent Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz home almost by himself over those first three games. Um, mm -hmm. See if he do it again. But um, if he doesn't. Um, you know, then the Knicks are going to have a hard, a very difficult time scoring in those final few minutes. The game's probably going to go down to crunch time. Um, I think we can feel confident that Mitchell is going to make quite a few clutch baskets of his own. Garland, Mobley, they're going to they're going to find a way to get buckets. Can Brunson answer? If he doesn't, Knicks will probably be on the short end of the stick. I'll say the Knicks will lose, and I would take something from one of my cousins who knows so much about basketball. My cousin James, he always said, talking about the Jordan era, that. One of the things that was guaranteed during that Jordan era and why the Bulls won so much was that the, uh, Jordan was always going to outplay your star, whether it was Patrick Ewing, whether it was Reggie Miller, whether it was whoever it was in that Eastern Conference or in the finals, whether it's Barkley, whether it's uh, Sean Kemp, whether it's uh, Magic Johnson, Jordan Clyde always Drexler. outplayed your star. Clyde Drexler, yes, maybe the most uh, the evident uh, example. Jordan always outplayed your star, and he always outplayed them when it mattered most in the clutch. The Knicks will lose this series if the Cavs stars significantly outplay the Knicks stars when it matters most. So you talk about those clutch situations, late games, because there's going to be close games. Whether you think it's Cavs and fives, like Jackson said, or whether you think it's Knicks and five, like some other Knicks fans may be saying, they're going to be close games. Uh, this game, These games will be decided at the end by these star players making plays late. And if Donovan Mitchell and Gar Garris Garland are hitting big shot after big shot and they can't answer it with shots from Brunson and shots from Randall, Knicks will lose. It's that simple. Um, if the Cavs and Donovan Mitchell outplay uh, the Knicks stars, they they're going home. And, and that's really what's going to come down to. So the Knicks can't have, obviously, how Julius Randall played two years ago. Like that, that is, that is, they're dead on arrival if they get that Julius Randall. He has to play pretty much to the standard he played for the majority of this season where he's lined up for another All-NBA selection. Jalen Brunson's going to have to be the closer, which he's been for the majority of this season. If that doesn't happen and Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell outplay those guys, Knicks will lose. Yeah, so, I, 
you can make a, I think we're speaking the same language and and, yeah. we, and and the reality is they're going to be close games exactly like you said <laughs> I I think you know you can predict the Cavs in five or the Knicks or whatever but I think everybody would be surprised if they are blowouts consistently game game like I think it's going to come down to the final five minutes and and uh, that's when that's when you you know you make your money all right prediction time who wins this series and why Tommy I'm fascinated by the series, um, and, and just because it's you know, on so many levels, um, and, and just uh, you know, just a few numbers here. Um, you know, they say Styles make fights. Cavs number one in the league in defensive efficiency. Um, you know, I talked about you know keeping teams on 100 points. Um, they ranked first in the NBA um, in, in opponents' points per game. Uh, the only team in the NBA to keep teams under 107 points. Only team in the, first in defensive efficiency. Only team to keep uh, their opponents under 110 points per 100 possessions. The Knicks, on the other hand, third in the NBA in offensive efficiency. Um, you know, it's very rare that you get a first round series where you get a top three offense against the top three defense. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you get in the Eastern Conference in a, in a conference finals or sometimes in the second round. Um, but to get two teams matched up that are the, literally the very top of the league in each respective uh, uh, metric is is really, really interesting. Um, and, and one of the reasons Cleveland's so effective is because they forced the turnovers. 17.7 turnovers forced. That's third most in the NBA. One of the reasons the Knicks are so effective offensively um, is because they limit their turnovers. Commit just 13 yeah. turnovers a game, third fewest in the NBA. You know, a lot of players, a lot of teams ask, uh, a lot of folks ask, how can the Knicks be that good offensively in terms of defensive efficiency when they shoot, you know, middle of the pack? They're 20th in the, pack, in the league yeah. in field goal percentage. They're 19th in the league in three-point percentage. Two primary reasons they take care of the basketball, as I just mentioned, and they rebound the hell out of the basketball, especially yeah. on the offensive end. Um, Mitchell and Hartenstein, Hart, you know, all, all, all contribute, um, especially Mitch Robinson led the league in, in offensive rebounds a season per game. Um, whereas the Cavs have trouble, even despite their Twin Tower look, um, you know, they're near the bottom of the league, especially over the second half of the season in terms of rebound. So there's just so many things kind of going back and forth. Um, I think it'll be a great series. I think it'll be extended series. I think those seven games, and I'm going to pick the Knicks to beat the Cavs in Cleveland in that game. There you set. go. Um, another another factor is you, as you know, Cavs have been very good at home. Thirty-one and ten at home, fifth most uh, home wins in the league. The Knicks have been very, very good on the road. Uh, Twenty-four and seventeen. Uh, the Bucks uh, are the only have two more wins than the Knicks. Um, every, you know, the Knicks basically tied for second in terms of most road wins this season. Um, it's impossible not to, to watch the Cavs this season and not respect, um, you know, what they bring to the table. Um, and so obviously that this is in no way discounting um, that the series will be a very tough series for the Knicks. But uh, it's so impossible to have watched this Knicks team um, from October to April 14th this morning and, and, you know, the end of the regular season and not recognize that there's something special going on here. This is a talented, gritty, gutty group. Um, and, and one of the things I've been most impressed by them is their ability to kind of overcome the odds, you know, when, when things look like they're in the wrong direction. So if the Knicks can get to a game seven, understand home teams are, are highly, you know, are, are usually trends towards the home team. Um, I think that's a game New York can win. So uh, I'm going to go on the record and say New York in seven. There you go. New York in seven. So I think this is going to be a tough series. I think this is going to be a physical series. I think that this is going to be a series that's going to have multiple swings. But I'm going to agree with my guy, Tommy. I have the Knicks. I have them in the exact same games. I have them in seven games in this series. I think the Knicks win game one. 
catch Cleveland, not sleeping, but catch Cleveland trying to feel their way through the playoffs and then Knicks punch them in the mouth and they get a, a steal in game one. I think that this is going to be a series where both teams win multiple games on the road. Uh, this is how this is going to go with the Knicks. The Knicks have been a great road team at home. They've gotten better, especially since Josh Hart trade, but they've been very iffy. And for what, as great as the Garden crowd is, for whatever reason, people like playing there. People play there. They feel comfortable there. The Knicks have not made it an uncomfortable place to play. So I expect Mitchell to have a heater in one of these games. I expect Garland to have a heater in one of those games. I think the Knicks will actually end up losing two road games potentially. But I think the Knicks get two road games as well. I think they win game one at home. I think they win game seven on the road. So I think you got bookend wins for the Knicks. You figure out where they win the rest of the games in there in between. But I think the Knicks win this series because I I think that the Knicks will have an answer for Cleveland in these late-game situations with Jalen Brunson. I think that's the difference. That's the difference we've seen all season is that last season they lost so many games in which they had big leads or games in which – they were right there at the end, but they couldn't execute. And the biggest reason was they did not have a point guard. The difference this time around is that they do. When they played against the Hawks in that series earlier uh, two years ago, they did not have a point guard. And when they needed to close the game in game one, they could not do it. Hawks had a closer. Hawks had a star point guard. They took game one. And they kind of took the series by winning that game. Sometimes in a series, you win more than one game with a certain win. I felt like the Hawks won more than one game when they beat the Knicks in game one. Things are so much different now because of Brunson. I think that the Knicks will have a statement winning game one, and that will set the tone for this series. I think will be not as easy as the Hawks have with the Knicks. That's not going to happen. But I think they'll, they'll, it'll, it'll, it'll make the Cavs understand, okay, this is going to be a real fight. I think it goes all the way to the end. But Jalen Brunson being the difference, I got the Knicks in seven. Yeah, I mean that's to me that's kind of what I'm pinning my 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 faith in is is Jalen Brunson. I've seen enough from this kid over the past six months to say, I, I, you know, like he, he there's I don't think there's anything he could do that would surprise me at this point. Um, yeah. And and going into a game seven in Cleveland uh, against an extremely talented backcourt, um, you know, you need all those other things to get there to get to, to you know a, a a one possession game in the fourth quarter of a game seven. You need all those other things. You need Grimes to play really well, knock down shots, defend Mitchell. He's you know limit him to to a certain extent. IQ, you need to you know do what he does. Josh Hart's going to do what he does. Um, you know, hopefully Randall, you get you know a healthier version of Randall, relative healthy version of Randall. Um, that's a, a it's close to you know, the 35 and five that we've seen all season. Um, but you need all those things to get you there. And then you need something else to push you over the hump. And that's Jalen Brunson, the, the, the way he's played, the, the ability to come through in the clutch, you know, he, and, and he can do things, um, you know, he can get buckets against great defenses because he doesn't need a lot of action. He doesn't need, you know, three pin down screens to get an open shot. Um, he can take his man, you know, isolate him, go left, right, get into the lane, fade away, draw foul, get to the free throw line. Um, you know, he and, and we know he has the stones to t- make big shots. Um, and, and, and if you're a Nick fan, that's what you're hoping for. Um, it's just at least being in a position where you can let your, you know, your, your, your most important player take you home. Jalen Brunson may not be the most accomplished player in this series, but he's the most accomplished postseason player in this series. So that's what I'm leaning on. Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he's never been to the Western Conference Finals. He, he hasn't had the kind of series. He's had good series, that big series, but he hasn't had the kind of series where they've won like Jalen Brunson had last season. So when I'm thinking about how you win the postseason, you need postseason players.
players. I think Jalen Brunson is the closest guy. Knicks in seven. And as one great man once said, What's so good about Cleveland? We'll see. We'll see what is so good about Cleveland. I think Jalen Brunson is going to have answers for them. It's going to be a really fun series. 